Let's hit it. Give me a vacation. Vacation. Give me a wave. Surfing. Give me a city tour. The trolley. Give me animals. The zoo. Give me some sea life. <laughs> Give me museums. Park. Give me a woo. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your family vacation at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast, and I had the opportunity to talk to one of Hollywood's major icons, Michael B. Jordan. In our conversation, Michael shares the highs, the lows, and everything in between, offering a genuine glimpse into his world. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. People give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Stephanie J. Block. And I'm Mary Lee Fairbanks. And we host Stages Podcast. Binge close to 100 episodes. Hear the inside stories from backstage and behind the scenes as we go beyond the resume and into the heart of creativity and what it really takes to be in the business of show business. Don't miss our chats with the season's Tony nominees. If you love theater and entertainment, you are going to love Stages Podcast. Subscribe to Stages Podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts and visit us at stagespodcast.net. I can't survive a whole week without eating Korean food. I have to. This is something that I always like felt embarrassed about growing up. My parents would always, like we'd go on a camping trip for like three days and they'd bring all this like rice cooker and everything and I'd be so embarrassed and then I'd go on a trip somewhere and they'd be like where's the nearest Korean food restaurant and I'd be like we are in Europe but then now I get it I have to have Korean food once a week at least and I will literally pay up for it if I'm somewhere abroad I think one of the greatest gifts the world has seen by Koreans hands down K-beauty and skincare everyone and their mom has heard of Korean skincare And to make sure of that, we have Charlotte Cho. Charlotte and her husband founded the beauty destination Soko Glam and skincare content site The Clog. Charlotte has also launched her own skincare line, Then I Met You, which products I'm literally obsessed with and an avid user. Seriously, I can rave all day about these products, but we'll get into that later. And of course, she is also a trained esthetician, author of The Little Book of Skincare, and has won countless awards and is featured in practically every media publication out there. And now I'm not just saying this, but Charlotte, you are literally like my inspo in so many ways. Oh my gosh, no, Esther. <laughs> Thank no, you seriously. So much. When I feel like I need a bump of motivation, I turn to Charlotte's Instagram. Oh my gosh, <laughs> don't. And it literally gives me like spirit and also you single-handedly changed the way I think of my skin and therefore my daily routine on self-care. And we met a few years ago speaking at a panel focused on Korean startups. And ever since then, I've gotten to know you both personally and professionally. And side note, I love to cook for Charlotte because 
she loves Korean food <laughs> and I therefore, do. like, devours whatever I make. And it makes me feel, like, really good about myself. Oh, my gosh. This is such a touching <laughs> intro. I feel so embarrassed. Why? I don't feel embarrassed. It's a typical Korean mindset. Or, I don't know, I got this from my mom, I think, where I'm just like, no, shut up. I can't accept any... <laughs> Compliments? Compliments. It's, it's a Korean thing. It's a Korean thing. thing. I'm very hard on myself, too, when it comes to that. But, no, I'm not just saying this. I literally thank Charlotte so much for transforming my skin, first of all, and um, encouraging me to learn about all the new trends in Korea because, girl, you're, like, so on it. Seriously, Charlotte, like, when I think of someone that really loves Korean culture and embraces Korean culture, it's you. Not only what for what you do, but just wanting to kind of, like, spread the Korean love because that's, like, what I love to do. Mm-hmm. And I think we're very similar. I think that that's way. why we get along so yeah, well. Yeah, exactly. My first question to you how come I didn't really care about my skin until I met you? See what I did there? <laughs> oh You're God, literally wow, you like good. my then I met you. No, seriously, Aww. like I really, of course I knew about Korean yeah. skincare and it's a, it's a, it was a huge trend. But until I really got to be friends with you and started following you on Instagram and like getting to know you, I, I really didn't care mm-hmm. that much about mm-hmm. my skin. Like why, why do you think that is? Well, I think you went on the same journey that I went through mm-hmm. when I went to Korea. So I didn't all I didn't care about my skin either growing up in California. Mm-hmm. And then when I went to Korea, I started noticing that all the women and men around me, they actually took delight in their skincare routine. Mm-hmm. And that really was intriguing for me because I always thought it was a chore. I was like, yeah, I'd that's way rather I, do I, other things than skincare because you don't really see the impact right away. You know, like makeup, you just put on lipstick and you're like, wow, I look good. Yeah. But then with skincare, it's preventative. You know, it takes time to see results. You have to study and you have to understand your skin so it just seemed like a lot more so steps work. and a lot more work mm-hmm. um, and so when I saw the people around me just it was part of their lifestyle it was part of their hygiene it was part of their self-care it became a different thing it morphed into something different and so that's the kind of journey that I experienced and that's how I really introduced Korean beauty to the U.S. by talking about how it's a lifestyle, how it's part of self-care, how you could actually actually take delight and enjoy taking care of your skin. Mm-hmm. And once you understand it, it's less intimidating. You're going to love the results. When someone compliments you on your skin, it feels really it good. It feels so good because it's, it's different. It's different from like, oh, your outfit looks good. Or you like look pretty. Yeah. But when someone says, oh, your skin looks amazing. You know it's you. Yeah. And you're just like, thank you. And you just feel really good about it. And I had so many people that email us at Soko Glam mm-hmm. because they do learn about their skin through our content and through our skin consultations. And they always say, you know, my husband who never notices anything <laughs> about me said, wow, your skin looks glowing. And it just brightens up their whole month. You yeah. Know? And that's... I think, and it makes you want to do it more. More, yeah. Like, and really, you start really caring about your yeah. skin and therefore it yourself. Right. Be, and that's why I said when I started getting into my skin, I started caring about myself as yeah. well, generally, like, yeah. health-wise. Yeah. And I think, honestly, what really is behind my motivation to even tell people about Korean beauty, like, this lifestyle mm-hmm. that Korean women and men have, it's also because I lived in Korea, and I do love Korea as a whole. Uh-huh. You're referencing my Instagram. I just am so proud of being Korean, mm-hmm. and I just love showcasing Korean food or other Korean-American mm-hmm. entrepreneurs or even Parasite winning gold, a Golden Globe. Which is amazing, amazing, by the way. Yeah, I'm just, like, so happy, and that's really a lot of what drove me to even start Soka Glam in the first place, and so I think it all, like, kind of ties in all together. Speaking of which, the rise of not only Korean culture, but like specifically Korean skincare, how did that 
happened? Okay, so it really was a phenomenon. K beauty became this. Korea became known for their innovative formulas, their textures, their efficacy of their products, their natural ingredients, their packaging. Everything was was really coming from Korea, and then it started to expand in Asia, and people started getting really into it. You know, Chinese people loved Korean beauty. Mm-hmm. Southeast Asia started. You know, they were influenced by Korean K-pop stars and how they had amazing poreless skin. And for the U.S. specifically, Sogo Glam did have a huge yep. part in that, and it was just perfect timing because Korean beauty was. Present in the U.S. through Korean supermarkets, and you could find the products in these little hole-in-the-wall stores, but no one was really talking about it in a way that could translate easy to the mainstream U.S. beauty consumer. And so, Soko Glam really helped kind of break it down, make it snackable, digest what is the benefit of using Korean beauty products, what is the routine that you can use with these products, and so. Breaking down that kind of demystifying Korean beauty through Soko, a, a channel like Soko Glam really helped it become mainstream, and, yeah. and, and and social media helped explain that as well. So, just going back a few steps, can you just give a broad sense of what is Korean beauty anyway? So, Korean beauty is all about innovative skincare and makeup and beauty products. So, you can have all of the most interesting textures, the most innovative ingredients. Packaged in the most interesting, most useful formats, and um, also it incorporates really, really efficacious experiences. So you can actually see results from these products. Mm-hmm. And because Korean Beauty has all of those elements, when people try it, they're simply amazed and they want to continue using it. Mm-hmm. And it's not just about the products; it's also about the lifestyle. So mm-hmm. the the routine, the multi step. Skincare routine coming from Korean beauty concepts. It's all of that intertwined, and then that is Korean beauty in my eyes. So, do you think that's the biggest difference? The lifestyle of it, the lifestyle and the innovative products. Yeah. Can you describe what you mean by that? I know a lot of Korean beauty is preventative. Yes. Right, which is a yeah. different concept with how the West sees it. Right. Right. Korean beauty is a skin-first lifestyle. So, whenever you think of Taking care of your body or taking care of your looks—it's always begins with your skin. Mm-hmm. It's 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 really about practicing this daily, morning and night. It's really about believing that my skin is first before layering on with makeup. Instead of trying to fix problems by covering it up, you're getting to the root of the condition, mm-hmm. and that is really truly like the skin first philosophy that Korean men and women all kind of embody, and they have it as part of their daily hygiene and then just part of their wellness. But Koreans can kind of be very intense with this, right? <laughs> uh, let's be real. I think I read some something about in Korea, the moms take their toddlers to like get. Get skincare treatments before they even become adolescent. Yeah. Is that true? That's crazy. There's a lot of preventative measures. They literally go to a derm annually, or maybe even twice a year, even though they don't have any skin issues. They just want to get a checkup and say, "So, how's my skin doing?" And it's like, <laughs> so it's kind of like getting like a medical checkup, almost. but like a skin. Yeah, and I feel like the, and if you compare it to the U.S., I would say that people only go to the dermatologist when they're like something is. 
terribly wrong mm-hmm. with my skin. I have really severe acne or, you or know, skin a, a rash or skin <laughs> cancer or something that's like prompts them to go to derm. Mm-hmm. But then in Korea, it's just like, yeah, I'm going to go get checked out or I'm going to go get, you know, something lasered off here. I'm going to get, you know, some sort of skin treatment or facial here just because I want to preserve my skin and make it the best possible <laughs> which is why when you visit korea like honestly every yeah. single korean has flawless skin <laughs> i swear it, it it amazed me like i mean it's noticeable yeah like everyone has good skin right. in korea it, it is really it's been a trend forever mm-hmm. to be proud of your you walking out the door and going to brunch without makeup on you know singer oh my god <laughs> yeah, <Sing-ar. laughs> i can't just, do singer by the way yeah i can't either but <laughs> you know it's a source of pride it's like the no makeup makeup look it's mm-hmm. almost like hey you know wow you're not wearing any makeup holy your skin is glowing it's just like all even toned yeah there's no brown spots like wow you know like no dark circles and just like you have such a point of pride if you're able to do that by the way for those of you who don't know what sangar is sangar <laughs> Charlotte, can you explain that? It's just completely no makeup face. Bare skin. Bare skin. Literally bare yeah. skin. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I cannot go outside <laughs> with I need eyeliner. Yeah. I need eyeliner. And, you know, a little concealer here and there, you know? Yeah. Um, but, you know, a lot of people try it. Then that's where the no makeup makeup look mm-hmm. came from. From pretending you, like, you basically use makeup to kind of create the look like you're not wearing any makeup. Yeah. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> one day, one day. Yeah. Ready? Okay. Give me a beach. Beach. Give me great food. Tacos. Give me adventure. Hiking. Give me a date night. Sunset cruise. Give me some smiles. Cheese. Give me more beaches. Beaches. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> you couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. She's breathing. Right now? Yes, she's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the LA Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption. We're always gonna have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, my name's Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. I just had a great conversation with Michael B. Jordan, and you can listen to it right now. Michael is known for his performances in both film and television. His breakout role was in Fruitvale Station, playing Oscar Grant, which earned him widespread praise and numerous award nominations. His portrayal of Killmonger in Marvel's Black Panther, one of my favorites, further solidified his status as one of Hollywood's leading actors, earning him widespread acclaim for his complex and compelling performance. 
In our conversation, Michael really opens up. You're going to love listening to it, and I can't wait for you to check it out. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. It's always the feeling when you're getting ready to, you know, people give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. People quit. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Stephanie J. Block. And I'm Mary Lee Fairbanks. And we host Stages Podcast. Binge close to 100 episodes. Hear the inside stories from backstage and behind the scenes as we go beyond the resume and into the heart of creativity and what it really takes to be in the business of show business. Don't miss our chats with this season's Tony nominees. If you love theater and entertainment, you are going to love Stages Podcast. Subscribe to Stages Podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts and visit us at stagespodcast.net. Honestly, it can get a little bit scary when it comes to like getting obsessed, oh, right? Yeah. With your and there's I, extremes I, to anything, and yeah. when you go off the deep end, that's no good. Because I hear like some people in Korea go to their dermatologist or skincare person, like they go to the gym. Yeah, there's extremes to anything, and I think Korean people definitely care about first impressions. Mm-hmm. I think that's where it stems from. Like it's a, culturally. Yeah. It's like a hyper-competitive society. It, it is really cutthroat. I feel that when it comes to getting jobs or mm-hmm. even dating, you always want to put your best face forward, literally. Literally. <laughs> so it is really important for them to keep up their appearances, mm-hmm. you know, wear nice clothes and have great, like, hair and have great you know, it's just skin. It's just, it is all part of, I think, first impressions and them caring deeply about that. Has Korea always been like this, in your opinion? I think in my opinion and what I've observed is that skincare in Korea has really just been ingrained at, as part of their lifestyle, as I explained earlier. At just a young age, it's just been part of their, like, daily hygiene. For example, mm-hmm. when I go to Korean sauna in Korea, I see, you know, you have your grandmother there, your mom there, and, like, your little kid there. And I've once observed a Korean grandma exfoliating her granddaughter's body you know scrubbing it with a body towel like they made them yeah yeah and then i heard her explaining like oh you have to do this because you want to have softer skin and you want to make sure you remove any dead skin cells and um you know then that makes your whole body brighter and your whole face brighter and make sure you massage this and make sure you always wash your face after every like evening and she was explaining that and it really reminded me of how an American person would tell their kid, you have to wash your hands after using the restroom mm-hmm. because it's just clean. You, you yeah, know, you like make brushing sure you, your teeth. Yeah, it's like brushing your teeth. Like you want to brush your teeth because it's daily hygiene. You want to make sure you don't get cavities. And it's just ingrained at such a young age that that's why when they're about, you know, 15 or it's just second nature to them. Like they're going to double cleanse. They're going to exfoliate. They're going to, you know, moisturize because they know it's going to coat and protect their skin and prevent it from environmental stressors. Like it just becomes so natural that for us, we're like, yeah. when did this happen? But they're like, well, it's why been, do you brush your teeth yeah. and why do you wash your hands? It's been that way. Always. Yeah. I think they, like they just value it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just part of their health. You know? Yeah. And I think it's, um, to me, for me, I, I think it's a great practice of preventative care. I think it's a great practice of patience, mm-hmm. which I think are the younger generation and my generation included and me included. We're just so about like instant results. Yeah. Fast, fast, fast. fast. Yeah. Like, let's just get, you know, and it's like Amazon Prime. I want it now, like two days, like mm-hmm. or less. I think that's part of what we've grown up in. Mm-hmm. But I, I do value a little bit of like 
put it in the work now and you'll reap the benefits later. And mm-hmm. I think that's a part of the skincare culture from Korea I'd like to remind myself and adopt. A ritual. Yeah. You know what? It, it has become like a ritual for me too. You know me. I'm like, go, 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 go. I'm always <laughs> about, to. yeah. You know, as entrepreneurs, you know, it's all about that lifestyle. Every minute right. is precious. But I've learned to really slow down when yeah. it comes to my nightly routine, let's say. Let's say maybe in the morning I'm, I'm rushing. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm rushing. But at night, at least, giving myself 30 minutes even, right, to go through all the steps. It's like sort of calming yeah almost. therapeutic i would uh-huh. say the same thing i don't even use 30 minutes to be honest mm-hmm. like everyone thinks i have this like crazy elaborate routine <laughs> at night but it's i just know what steps to do and i just put it on really quickly but even that like even 10 minutes carving out those mm-hmm. 10 minutes to look at yourself in the mirror you know know exactly what your skin needs putting on your favorite products it is it mm-hmm. is very therapeutic and calming can you give us sort of your skincare routine? Yeah, yeah. So uh, as I said earlier, people think that I have this like crazy one hour routine, but it's just, it literally takes me 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. Unless I'm putting on a sheet mask or something, that yeah. is an additional step that will take 15 minutes on top of it. But really, it's about double cleansing. Mm-hmm. I put an oil cleanser, break down all those oil impurities, like your sunscreen, your the pollution, the all the products you had on before, like makeup. Mm-hmm. So you use that to remove everything. And then you follow it up with a gel cleanser, like a water-based cleanser that'll help remove any impurities that are remaining on your skin. And the reason why you cleanse twice is because you actually have so many periods that will cause acne, it'll cause aging, but people don't realize they have so much on left over on their like, skin. even if you don't wear makeup, right? Yes, yes. Even there's so many oils um, from the pollution or even your natural oils mm-hmm. that can clog pores. I think as a chef, you oh probably deal with so much... Mm-hmm. The, the oils from food even, right? When oh, you're cooking and everything. It's, I have my own skincare routine in the kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's like breaking that down is so important um, and for clear skin. And then so after I double cleanse, I put on a toner. Mm-hmm. And so that toner, um, I use the Then I Met You Birch mm-hmm. Milk Refining Toner. And that is really helping clear away any fine lines so it smooths out my skin texture and it also helps just uh, minimize my pores and then I use an essence so essence really brings back hydration makes it really supple and bouncy Mm -hmm. and then I'll follow it up with a moisturizer Mm -hmm. or if it's the daytime I'll put on a sunscreen after my moisturizer Mm -hmm. but But sunscreen is very important very important so it's really a four to five step routine that I'm talking about here and then of course, like when I see notice fine lines or at night, I'll put I'll add in an eye cream or I'll, mm-hmm. you know, I'll do like a special mask if if I have time. Mm-hmm. But normally it's it's really a five step routine. And this is for men or women. Right? Yes. Yeah. I mean, skin is skin. Everyone thinks that there's a, a specific routine for a person of color or, you know, oh, is this for Asian skin or is this for men or women? And I'm like, skin is skin. Every person has different skin. Like literally, I'm. 34 years old, mm-hmm. I deal with acne. And you think that acne is only for teens. It's mm-hmm. not. Like, everyone has different skin types, genetics, hormones, stress, and your skin will be impacted by that. And so you have to go by what you see on your skin versus I'm this age, I'm mm-hmm. this sex, so what do you recommend? It's no. It's like, what are you experiencing right now? What are your goals? One thing is there are a million products out there, especially <laughs> Korean beauty products. Yeah. Oh my gosh, sometimes I get overwhelmed when I go into a Korean... To be honest, <laughs> when I go on your website too, yeah. sometimes I get overwhelmed. I'm yep. like, well, how do I know price point too? Yes. If it's more expensive, doesn't mean it's better. Right. I, I don't know. Yeah. Honestly, and I'm sure a lot of people at first get overwhelmed, especially mm-hmm. if you're getting introduced to Korean beauty for the first time. Can you explain that a little bit and how you curate? Right. So I think... 
number one, I totally get it. Especially if you're new to skincare, it's like, whoa, where do I start? Mm-hmm. And it is a learning process and it's a journey. And I would say that's trial and error as well because mm-hmm. you'll start to understand as you get more deeper into skincare and using the products, like, oh, what your skin reacts better with, you know, what fragrances or non-fragrances that you like and enjoy. It's really trial and error. But it's really important to get an assessment. I think it's really important to get a skin consultation if you're new to skincare. By, so, to, by who, though? Soko Glam does skin uh-huh. consultations. Like, you can literally text us, mm-hmm. and we'll go through, like, a 15 to 20-minute text session with you just wow. by sharing your lifestyle, you know, what you're willing to commit to, mm-hmm. you know, what you have time for, what are your skin concerns, what are your goals, just sharing, like, what you've been sensitive to in the past, and then we'll actually craft a routine for you mm-hmm. based on all of your, you know, desires. And then recommend the products. And as recommend well. the products. And you could even be like, I have a really tight budget. I want to be everything under $20 per product. Mm-hmm. Then, you know, we can totally drill that down for you. And that's really what Soko Glam is about. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not just a retailer where we just have products on a shelf and like buy this cleanser. It's mm-hmm. let's, let us walk you through the journey. And that's why we created the clog, which is all about skincare yeah. education. Mm-hmm. And so that's really the heart and soul of Soko Glam and what we what we do. Ready? Let's go. Give me a vacation. Vacation. Give me a golf course. 70 courses. Let's get a water sport. Can I get excursions? We're watching. Time for chill vibes. Beach yoga. How about a garden tour? Give me a dolphin. What's that spell? If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at sandiego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> you couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the LA Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, the story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, my name's Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. I just had a great conversation with Michael B. Jordan, and you can listen to it right now. Michael is known for his performances in both film and television. His breakout role was in Fruitvale Station, playing Oscar Grant, which earned him widespread praise and numerous award nominations. His portrayal of Killmonger in Marvel's Black Panther, one of my favorites, further solidified his status as one of Hollywood's leading actors, earning him widespread acclaim for his complex and compelling performance. In our conversation, Michael really opens up. You're going to love listening to it, and I can't wait for you to check it out. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. It's always the feeling when you're getting ready to, you know, people give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. People quit. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Hey fam, I'm Simone Boyce. I'm Danielle Robay. And we're the hosts of The Bright Side, a daily podcast from Hello Sunshine that's guaranteed to light up your day. Every weekday, we bring you conversations with the culture makers who inspire us. Like our recent episode with Hollywood royalty Regina and Raina King. We talked about the creative power of women's relationships. I feel like, thank God for women. Like, especially when it comes to Black women, the way we lean on our mothers, our grandmothers, our sisters, our friends. We're just each other's pulse. I mean... It's molecular, you know? Listen to The Bright Side from Hello Sunshine on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm curious, have you ever uh, been in an instance where you did go through this consultation and the products didn't match the person and they like freak out. I've had people that came to Soko House. We had this pop-up in the summer in Soho. She came to me and said, I've used this, all this, like these bestsellers on Soko Glam and I'm still experiencing acne. And she's like, what else do I buy? I want to try. And, you know, we're very upfront. You have used this, this, and this. Like, I think that the next step is to actually go to a dermatologist because there's certain things about your skin that are hormonal-based, genetic-based, um, stress-based, because she just moved to New York. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's yeah. alone. Oh, that's, like, that's stressful. Yeah, pull you through the... Yeah, there's a lot of things. So we're not about like, okay, buy these 10 other products. You know, it is... Tra- while skincare is trial and error, um, there's certain levels in which, like, we understand that hey, you got to try this step then that has nothing to do with these products Mm -hmm. and get that checked out. You know, you might need something oral medication to reduce this or that and, you know, fluctuate hormonal levels. You need to take, um, get your uh, skin checked out for sensitivities, you know, with a nutritionist or herbalist Mm -hmm. or, you know, there's other steps with skincare that don't always involve skincare products. Mm -hmm. It is, so it is a journey. Yeah. There's not a one size fits all. There's no pamphlet. You know, it could get stressful. It could get stressful, yeah. But that that's where education comes into play. And I think what's great about skincare now is that people are willing to learn. Mm-hmm. And even if it means Googling something yeah. or reading a blog or an, uh, someone that's a skincare expert that kind of talks about all these different journeys that you go on and the advice that he or she may have, I think that's great about the consumer nowadays in this space is that they're willing to listen, read reviews, go through the whole process because mm-hmm. it's fun when you figure it out. Like even your dieting, right? Like yeah. people go obsessed, like trying these different techniques or trends or, yep. and they're willing to read up about like antioxidants or the benefits of acai bowls mm-hmm. or food, you know, like how do you eat better and all of that. I think that that's cool that people are taking matters into their own hands and figuring out wor- what works for them and their lifestyle. Mm-hmm. So do you think that K-beauty and skincare is a trend. What do you think the future holds? I think Korean beauty, in the it's kind of incredible the pace in which people have adopted and embraced Korean beauty into their lives. I would say that within four or five years, it became globally like mainstream, which is incredible. Mm-hmm. And if Korean beauty was just a fad or a trend, it would be gone. No one would be talking about it. No one would be using these products. But because K-beauty is rooted in efficacious products innovation, mm-hmm. people now just really align with cream beating. They go, they trust it. Because it works. Yeah, that's the most yeah. exciting part of being in this industry and being part of cream beauty is that if it didn't work, it would be so gone, like three yeah, years ago. That's, that's true. Yeah, and yeah. so now it's just now synonymous to innovation, mm-hmm. now synonymous to best skincare. Mm-hmm. And so even then I met you, it's a line that I created as a Korean-American in New York 
But all of our formulas are made in Korea, and there's a level of trust that comes from even me as a formulator and creator. And the people that purchase our products are like, wow, it's made in Korea. Like, that's a stamp of, like... This is yeah. going to be good. And I want to talk about your product. So I started using it when it, obviously, yeah. when it first came out. Yeah. And I am literally obsessed. It's it's really different than a lot of the other products on the market. How did you create this product and why does it make it so different? A lot of people don't know this, but when it comes to huge brands out there, a lot of it is like stuff on the shelf. Like it's, it's a formula that's been pre-made and then you... If you're a brand, you'll buy it and then you'll add a little bit of a ingredient and call it yours. Mm-hmm. But um, there's very few people that are actually going to go through the process of starting from scratch and trying to be innovative about the formulas because it's hard work. And it's it's a lot of time invested. And sometimes you'll try something and it won't work out and you just wasted a year, right? So, But I think because I've had so much experience curating, trying so many products, understanding like my esthetician background and talking to people about what they want, I've been motivated to start everything from scratch and really understand what people are looking for. And then when I try it, I'm like, this better work. This has to work because I'm not about to creating a million different products. It's about I want to create products that are holy grails for yeah. each and every part of this line so that people don't have to go through this trial and error of like all these different products. So yeah, I'm very motivated by different things that maybe a large company may not care about. You know, and I think that really matters. I think that even when it comes to your work, I'm sure that you put so much care into the ingredients and the quality of the ingredients and how you create your food Mm -hmm. that... I mean, it's it's noticeable, you know, right? To scale, it's hard. To scale, it's hard, yeah, yeah, for sure, but... Mm -hmm. It matters. There's a huge difference between mass-produced food that you just, like, slap on a plate and, like, serve versus, like, what you go through. I've had your food. It's, like, (laughs) insane. (laughs) It is so good. And then that's why, you know, people keep coming back and they notice it. And I think that's what's great about, like, I think about entrepreneurship is that you can take the time. And that's why founders, I think, are a big part of, like, Mm -hmm. the success of a brand. For sure. For sure. I know you're writing a new book and it's focused on... Chong. Yeah. And I think Chong is such a big part of Korean culture. And I want you to talk about it a little bit just because I feel like this this word is not really uh, – there's no equivalent word yeah, to Chong. It's, it's a tough one. Yeah. yeah. I would say that when I went to Korea for five years, I learned about Korean beauty. And I think the second thing and most important thing I learned that has impacted my life is about Chong. Mm-hmm. So this Chong is a deep emotional connection you can have with someone. It could be with a city. It could be a person. It could be your pet. It could be a physical thing. But it's truly a deep connection. And you feel mm-hmm. something with It's this. emotional. It's very emotional. And I think I have Chong with Korea. And I didn't have it when I first moved there. But... Over time, I built this relationship with Korea that now a lot of the things I care about Korea so much because I have this relationship with Korea that it motivates me to do Korean beauty. It, ma- it motivates me to talk about all these amazing things coming out of Korea, K food, K fashion, you know, K pop. I-, I love talking about that and encouraging it and supporting it. Um, and I have Chung with a lot of people, including you, Esther. <laughs> you know, it's just something that it doesn't happen overnight. Like, it- it's so quick to say, like, in, on Instagram, like, hey, I love you, you know? Like, yeah. I love you, you're awesome. But, like, who do you really have that deep connection with? Who do you really, like, have you had deep conversations and you can reveal a lot of things that, you know, may not be someone you tell that you've just met over lunch, you know? Yeah, for sure. It, it, and then you could rely on that person, you could reveal and be vulnerable, and you give without expecting anything in return. Like, you just want to 
that I think that's an essential part of Chung. It's like thinking with your heart and not with your head, mm-hmm. not being strategic about it and being like, I just really care about this person. One quick example is like my uncle mm-hmm. in Korea. He's a he's a taxi driver and he doesn't make a ton of money, but his friend who's like down with no job and has had struggles money financially. He asked him for money, and mm-hmm. my uncle gave him money, mm-hmm. but he gave it knowing full like awareness that mm-hmm. he's never going to get this money back. Yeah, and that I think is he was motivated by Chong. He has Chong with this person. He knew to get in trouble with his wife. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he would, he would, yeah. It, it's not a good situation because he knows that money's going like mm-hmm. it's bye bye. <laughs> yeah, but you do it because you're motivated by your heart and not by your head, mm-hmm. and and so um, that is essential, quintessential Chong and having an emotional connection with someone. Yeah, and I think or something too. Yeah, or something, and that's I think that's what has driven me in my career, and I think that I love that concept and cultural part of Korea so much that I try to embody it in my life and I'm, that's why I'm trying to create a book about it because I think that our society needs it more than ever. I think so too. Yeah. I think yeah. that everything is so... Chung is everything. It's it's like a... I don't... It, it's what it makes, should motivate you. It's it, like, it's, it makes life meaningful. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Just, yeah. I don't care about... I think that that money is like a, a huge factor for everyone. You know, it's, like their success or mm-hmm. happiness is so hinged on money but like you will not be happy with money I think. I think it's Chung. Yeah. Chong is like love. You know how they say sometimes like you get confused with love yeah. and Chong. Yeah. Like is it Chong or is, is it love? is so much deeper than love. Yeah. Love you could fall out of mm-hmm. like real quick. Like you know they say like oh, that's lo- deep. love flames out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like you can be like super obsessed with somebody and then like the next day you're like eh. Mm-hmm. But then with Chong like you can't sever it. Once you have Chong with that person. It's endless. It's, it's endless. And even forever. it could be Mew and Chong too. Yeah. Which is oh. like a, a hatred. Like it's the opposite of it's like a, a hate love-hate yeah. relationship. Mm-hmm. So once you have that with someone, it never severs, even though, like, you have animosity towards that person. It's forever you s- in your heart. Yeah. You still have Chung with them. I also feel like you have Chung with Samgyeopsal and Soju. <laughs> I do. <laughs> um, which I brought for you today to eat. So Samgyeopsal and Soju... Oh my gosh, it's just like a, a quintessential Korean combo when it comes to Korean food, right? So samgyeopsal yes. is pork belly mm-hmm. um, on the grill. And like I feel like samgyeopsal and soju is one of those like Korean things that that has like so much chung. Like you build chung with whoever yes. you have this with, right? Totally. Which this is like perfect. Oh my god. This is so, <laughs> so funny. It's so perfect. Yeah. So can you talk about like samgyeopsal and soju real quick and yeah. why this is your favorite? I love the chung you can have with somebody over a bottle of soju and barbecue, Korean barbecue, or samgyeopsal. Mm-hmm. Like, there's something about pouring a drink for somebody and having it poured back to you. Because in, in Korean culture, you, you don't pour your own drinks. And it's, you literally rip the bottle away from their hands if they <laughs> yeah. try to pour it themselves. Because and, it's like bad luck for the person you, across from you. Exactly. Yeah. And so it's just like that that giving and then like receiving and just like the conversations you'll have over a bottle of soju. And like, you know, you, you see in Korean dramas like, uh, the main character is like sobbing or like so down in the dumps because they broke up with this like hot guy. So dramatic, yeah. And then like your friend is like joining in with you, you know, like and understanding, listening to you as you're like pouring your heart out over something that's like devastating you. It's just like that's that moment is so beautiful. <laughs> I love it. Soju, please sponsor us. Yes, <laughs> right. We're gonna do a little tasting. Obviously, this morning I was like cooking samgyeopsal in my apartment at 8 in the morning for you. Thank you. Thank you. And this is like part of like my chong towards you. Oh my gosh. No, seriously, Esther, you're (laughs) so awesome. So Charlotte, 
your favorite, one of your favorite oh, foods, yes. samgyeopsal. I'm so excited. So samgyeopsal is pork belly in yeah. Korean. And pork belly in Korea, I feel like it's a little bit different because I don't really see any other cultures just like grilling pork belly as is. Usually it's like braised because people think it's like more of a tough piece of meat. But Koreans love that mm. chewiness of the pork. Like that crispy, oh, yes. like chewy fattiness. So anyways... Samgyeopsal is also one of my favorite things ever, right? With soju. With soju. <laughs> Samgyeopsal, I bought you the sam, which is like the lettuce. And then I brought all these condiments. For me, I, I love the condiments, obviously. I love that. Yeah, because that's I, Korean barbecue, Yeah, right? you can't just have it in wrapped yeah. in a piece of lettuce. But you, all it the needs sauces. to be an explosion in your mouth. Yeah. It's not Textures. just about one dish. You don't get bored because if you get bored of one flavor, then you eat the other panchan. Exactly. It's very uh, versatile. So... The sides that I brought you, samjang is very important yes. in um, samgyeopsal. And my samjang is made with bacon. Ooh, oh my gosh. Yeah, I know. I, I had to go there. Treat. The uh, sesame oil and salt, that's important. And then I have like these uh, pickled Thai chilies Ooh. because I'm like obsessed with this right now. Oh my god. And in sam is so good, especially if you like spicy which I love. And then uh, I like uh, spicy mayo sometimes because sometimes you just want that richness. Yeah. Right? No, and that's so kind of like my addition to to this. Oh, man. My and, mouth is watering literally <laughs> right now. And then I have buzengche, mm -hmm. two types, which is just like plain daikon. And then I have the daikon kimchi. And then I bought some gold gennip for you. Yes. Thank so please you. explain how you're building your sam. Yeah. So um, I just have a piece of lettuce and it's a smaller cut. I like that. You know, you can't just get a huge old leaf from yeah. like Whole yeah. Foods and wrap it. It's and then I got one piece um, of the pork belly, and I'm going to add some of the. Everyone likes to do this their own way, yeah. right? Yeah. And the beauty of this is, if you get bored of like building like one type of something, you can like change it up. Yeah, right? definitely. Yeah. Eat, eat. Describe it for our audience. Mm. You hear that? That's the sum. Mm. Mm hmm. Explosion in my mouth. <laughs> I'm very juicy, the pork belly. Mm -hmm. Thin. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah. It's so crazy how flavorful the pork is, even though you just, there's no marination. There's no marination. Um, there's no salt on it, literally. Yeah. I just sliced it and I, and I just sauteed it real quick. Yeah. Because all the that. flavors yeah, come from the condiments. I know, and I like that a lot. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Oh my God. I'm going to eat another of one. <laughs> Hello, this is all for you. <laughs> you know what I love? Gennip, too. I love gennip. So gennip is uh, perilla. That's my favorite thing to wrap it with. Me too. Yeah. I am like such a, a sucker for perilla. But in New York, you don't see a lot of K-barbecues. Uh, because it's expensive. Yeah, it's expensive. Uh -huh. So I'm like, come on, guys. Yeah. <laughs> but we got to pay New York City rent, right? <laughs> but I brought gennip for you. I didn't have fresh yeah, perilla. So I, I can be picky here. <laughs> the great one of the great things about Korean food, especially as someone that's so busy, a lot of things are fermented and pickled. Yes, and they can live in your fridge for like months and months. I love and that. If you need like an emergency meal, and you're home, and like most most of the time your fridge can be empty, but you'll always have like kimchi <sighs> yeah, or like something pickled. Rice or, yeah, yeah, right? yeah. So I can't survive a whole week without eating Korean food. I have to. This is something that I always like felt embarrassed about growing up my parents would always like we'd go on a camping trip for like three days mm -hmm. and they'd bring all this like rice cooker and everything i'd be like okay we can survive oh and i'd be so embarrassed and then i'd go on a trip to like somewhere and they'd be like where's the nearest korean food restaurant and i'd be like we are in europe or something you know it's like why are we doing this but then now i get it 
I have to have Korean food mm-hmm. once a week at least, and I will literally pay up for it if I'm somewhere abroad. <laughs> I totally feel you because when I travel, there's always ramen in my bag. <laughs> always. Too. You know? <laughs> We're like And same. I feel like every a lot of Korean people are like this. Like Korean Americans too, yeah. Like when I travel with my mom, she cryovac, she buys the cryovac kimchi and brings that all with us, with the ramen. I love traveling with my mom because she always has like m- mad Korean food Do in her. Do you think other people are like crazy like Korean people that I don't know if anyone else feels that way. No. Maybe other yeah. Asians, but I mean, Korean, I feel like Koreans are the only people that you go to, like, a Korean restaurant and it's just packed with Korean people. Like, that's true. Like, Koreans will always go eat Korean food yeah, wherever they are. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my Kimchi. God. I'm, I literally started eating the pork belly on its own with no wrap because <laughs> it's so good. It's, like, my favorite food. You know, I used to, like, steak before I went to live in Korea. Mm-hmm. But after living in Korea and eating samgyeopsal, yeah, I was like, I actually like pork better, which is funny. It's not the nicer grade meat or whatever. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. it's cheaper, right? But I... Way per I personally like samgyeopsal. Samgyeopsal, me too. I am I love samgyeopsal. Yeah, yeah. like yeah. I have to eat it at least once a week. So Charlotte, where can everyone find you? I'm mainly on Instagram, Charlotte J Cho. And if you want to follow Soko Glam, we're at Soko Glam or Then I'm at You. You guys go get yourself some uh, Korean barbecue so and good. soju tonight because I know y'all want it. <laughs> Charlotte, thank you so much no. for joining me. Thank you. And that's our show. Thanks for listening. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and leave us a five-star review. Get Down with K-Town is a production of iHeartRadio and was created by our executive producer, Christopher Hasiotis, and me, Esther Choi. Follow me on all social media at Choi Bites. And I'd also like to thank our producer, editor, and mixer, Marcy Depina. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Ready? Let's go. Give me a vacation. Vacation. Give me a golf course. 70 courses. Let's get a water sport. Can I get excursions? We're watching. Time for chill vibes. Beach yoga. How about a garden tour? Give me a dolphin. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast, and I had the opportunity to talk to one of Hollywood's major icons, Michael B. Jordan. In our conversation, Michael shares the highs, the lows, and everything in between, offering a genuine glimpse into his world. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. People give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Stephanie J. Block. And I'm Mary Lee Fairbanks. And we host Stages Podcast. Binge close to 100 episodes. Hear the inside stories from backstage and behind the scenes as we go beyond the resume and into the heart of creativity and what it really takes to be in the business of show business. Don't miss our chats with this season's Tony nominees. If you love theater and entertainment, you are going to love Stages Podcast. Subscribe to Stages Podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts and visit us at stagespodcast.net. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine. Hosted by me, Danielle Robay, And me, Simone Boyce. 
Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side.